Welcome to the Button to Christ Ministries podcast. Here you will find powerful messages from our ministry founder and president, Patrick Baker. You will also hear interviews and testimonies, all designed to encourage God's people to come higher in Christ Jesus and experience true power in Him. Join us every week on our prayer line every Tuesday and Friday morning at 5 a.m. and Tuesday and Friday nights at 7.30 and 9 p.m. respectively. All times are Eastern Standard Time. And now, without further ado, sit back and enjoy the Button to Christ Ministries podcast. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Sister Charlene. Happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday to everyone listening from around the globe. We are so grateful and thankful that the Lord has woke us up this morning, set us in our rightful mind, and we are so grateful for this um, season of prayer and fasting, our commitment to the Lord, and just coming higher. Um, I just want to let you know that this is one of the coolest mornings in Toronto. It's a little bit windy, and it's a minus 13 degrees C. Minus 13, of course. And it's minus 13 degrees C. And if it's minus 13 degrees C, could you imagine with the wind? So you're looking at about, say, minus 17 or so with the wind factor. But God is still good. You know, it's shivering, but God is good, and he loves us so much. He loves you and I, and he has been doing some mighty work. Just want to say thanks again for all the prayers that have been ascended up on our behalf. God has been so gracious. He kept us amidst the storm, amidst everything we're going through, that God continues to bless us. and. Just listening to Sister Jasmine's testimony, it shows us that too, that how we need to reach out to those who are older. And probably that's one part of the ministry that we could really embrace, where we could reach out to see who needs a hand with their computer, with their system to do something, just instruction. So probably that's something we could look into, how we can be a help to somebody else via the computer technology. You know, we, we need to look into that too. So praise the Lord. Um, this morning, the Lord gave me a, a scripture, and it's about forgiveness. And then it, it rides right into prayer and fasting. And um, we come in to pray. Um, if we are not equipped and be ready to let go, um, it doesn't even make sense we come and say we are fasting. If we are having things and keeping things in our hearts. And I know part of this ministry is really big on forgiveness. And I think uh, many homes that we have gone into and seen a lot of people that is in trauma and carrying issues, it links to forgiveness. It's so much. You know, I mean, it's really deep because um, the devil, what the devil does, especially 
um, to children or to young people, you know, the little ones that just comes from the womb is to get them in a mode of pain where you hold on to things all your life. And if you're holding on to issues all your life, it's going to affect your walk with the Lord. And it's going to affect you mentally, emotionally. And these issues where you don't want to forgive, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's big. And if you remember when Peter went to the Lord and said, Lord, how much time should I forgive this person that hurts me? And the Lord says, Peter, Peter said, should I forgive seven times? And Peter thought that was a lot. And the Lord was saying, not so, Peter, but seven times, 70 times, 70. Like, there's no number to forgiveness. What if the Lord only forgives you and I sometimes or 20 times? I know we're well over two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight hundred. No wonder the Lord says, you know, seven times, seven times, seventy times, seventy. You know, there's no number that can put how much the Lord loves us and how much he understands the deepness about forgiveness. So I think the devil understands it and Christ understands it, but we don't really understand the deepness about forgiveness. That if we are holding things against anyone and we are coming into this mode of prayer and so we are fasting for seven days, we will not see the breakthrough because we are holding things. And do we really know if we are holding things against each other? I want to let you know that if stranger hurts you, it's easier to let it go because you may not see them again. But when somebody hurts you who you live with, you're close to, then it's a deeper thing. It's harder to let it go because somebody whom you trust and you think because I you trust that person, they won't do that to you or you don't expect them to do that to you. So it's a little bit different. And the devil studies these things and knows it, that forgiveness is really big and it can be the blockage. And I think it's the biggest blockage to prayer in all the Christian life. Because if you scan your brain right now, your mind, right now while I'm speaking, you will remember somebody that hurts you really bad. And it's somebody most likely linked to the family. I want to tell you a lot of people who go into prostitution, who goes into um, having multiple abortions and alcoholism is because of abuse and somebody hurt them in the family. You know, you have your son, your daughter, and because you were treated badly, by your parents, you come forth and you treated your own the same way and you think it's love, tough love. You think it's love, but it's not. So, and then you create this scar and then the individual carry this scar forever and carry it over into their marriages, into the, with their children, and it just continues. 
You see, the devil knows that. If I can allow you to blame your mother, your father, about what they have done to you, then it will scar you for life. So I think that's the first point where if we learn to let go, and it's not going to be easy to let go. It's only Christ. But if we can let go from the past, from them that hurts us, you and I, the world will be a better place. And our relationship with Christ will be 100% better. So when you scan your mind right now, do you remember anybody that hurts you? They could have touched you inappropriately when you were five years old, when you were three, two, one. And it's a family member. It could have been your father. And you wrestle with it all your life to say, was that my father? Did he really do that to me? No, probably I'm not remembering, but it bothers you. You know, if something bothers you and it writes you all the time, it's because it hasn't been dealt with. And the Lord is bidding us that if we're going to come to the mercy seat and we expect answers from God, we ought to make sure that our heart is right. If our, if our heart is not right, we could be praying and fasting for 10 days, 21 days, 30 days. doesn't matter. If we don't make it right with the Lord, it doesn't make sense come to the mercy seat. He said if you're at the altar and you remember something, if somebody have art against you and you remember while you're at the altar, you know what? When you're at the altar, you will remember a lot of people that hurts you. But the one you're holding on to where when you see them, you turn the other way. You can't confront that family member. You know it's bothering you in your heart. Those are the issues where the devil creates a scar and it's bothering you. The Lord is saying, listen, if these issues you are going through, the devil is using it as a blockage. And did you know that? Not only that, the enemy is blocking the individual too because they are going through something too. The one that hurts you. We have experimented on this several times, but I've come to the conclusion to this ministry that unforgiveness one of the greatest blockages that prevent us from big breakthroughs are from answers to our prayers. And if we stop from overlooking this, we're going to have breakthroughs, major breakthroughs. And I want to tell you that the devil always do this thing to you when you're young, when you're innocent. When he creates a scar and he put a carving in it, a mark like you, you ever see a tree growing and you use a knife and carve something in the tree, your name, and when the tree is older and you go back home 20 years after, it just looks the same, but it expands, it growing it. That scar is there. That's what the devil does. He knows that if I scar you early, I will have you. 
I will have you, you know, thinking. I will mess your mind. You know, I will have you worried all your life. I will have you being single because your your mind is not functioning right. So people think you're crazy because of what you've been through. God wants to heal. And the healing starts first when we let go. I want you to go with me to this scripture. I'll be looking at Matthew chapter 6, verses 14 to 18. Matthew chapter 6. And brethren, this is something that we have to deal with. You may think that it's gone to that lobe in the back of your head. And I don't remember about that. No, 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 it doesn't affect me. But every so often, it moves up to your frontal lobe, and it affects you. You know, when you think about your life, you know, when I scan back in my life, sometimes I remember when I had the accident when I was only five years old. And I could see the accident, like, clear now. What happened? I fell from a vehicle, and, and they said somebody pushed me from a moving vehicle. And I hit my head and went unconscious. And it was nowhere close to any hospital, miles in the country. And somebody who God gave the wisdom a teacher wrapped me into a blanket, like tight in the blanket and tell them to take me to the hospital. And they drove all the way. They could have said, no, he's dead, because there was no movement. And all I remember now, most of all, is when I woke up underneath an X-ray machine. And for all my life, I remembered it. I remembered the woman who did it, the teacher. I went back to say thanks to her. I went back to say thanks to her, and she embraced me and hugged me. And I said, thanks for the wisdom that God has given us. So that plays back in my mind because that was a trauma. But praise God, it never affects my memory. It never affects me, you know. And I'm just thanking the Lord. So something happened within your life. It could have been a rape could have been something, and there's something you need to let go. You know, I remember clearly the person who I was told who pushed me. And I want to tell you, that person become pretty much my best friend. After, you know, just remember it. So there's some part in our lives where we have to go back to in order to let go. And as we come to this fasting, God won't answer us. We won't get the breakthrough if we're carrying and harboring some of these things. We need to let go and let Christ. So let's read. Um, Father in heaven, may you just bless your words now, I pray, and open our eyes in Jesus' name. And it says in verse 14 of Matthew chapter 6, If, for if ye forgive men, their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. 
when you look at that verse, again, it's a promise that if you let go, so it says, if we forgive men. So it did not say when men done something to it. It says, for if you we forgive men, if we do this thing, there's a promise that the Lord is going to forgive us. So it's not saying you come to the Lord and say, Lord, forgive me for all my sins. And then you go and you make your petition and think that you are forgiven. Because the Lord says that he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. Not only that, but we have a part to play. We have a part to let go so that he can let go and take away the, the bondages and the blockages within our lives. So we have a part to play. So if we don't play our part, how could we expect? And a lot of people come to prayer and we expect the Lord to do, do his part when we are not doing our part. It's just not right. We can't overlook these scriptures and say, oh, God understands. So that's why we're not getting the breakthroughs, because the enemy scars us. He have us keeping and holding grudges and unforgiveness within our hearts. And then we are praying, 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 and we're asking God, how comes I'm not getting the breakthrough? It's because we're not carrying through with our part of the bargain. How can he forgive us? And if we're not being forgiven, how can we get the breakthroughs? No, the devil is just saying, no, 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 you can't bless him. You can't bless her because she's carrying this thing in her heart all her life. I own her. No, it just won't work. So let's look at the next verse. Verse 15. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. It's clear. How can the Lord break his own rule? How can the Lord go and break the rule? You know what the devil does? The devil knows the scriptures. He memorized every verse. He knows that if you are holding that thing in your heart, it's impossible. God will not forgive you. And if you're not being forgiven, how can you get answers to prayer? No. So therefore, he knows you're just praying in vain. He knows it. If you're part of this prayer uh, team this morning who are praying for seven days, brethren, there's no way. If you're holding something in your heart against your mother, against your father, against your uncle, your sister, your brother, and you're coming to be part of this prayer, prayer group, I'm telling you straight up. The word said it. He's not going to hear you. And if he doesn't, then you're praying in vain. The word is saying it, brethren, that we need to take a stand. We need to go back and take a look and say, Lord, is there anything I'm carrying in my heart that I need to let go? Is there anything, Lord? What if? Is there anything, Lord Jesus, 
that I need to let go. Think about it. As we go to the next verse, think about it. The next verse says, well, verse um, 16, Moreover, when ye fast, be not as the hypocrites of a sad countenance, for they disguise, disfigured their faces, that they may be appear unto men to fast. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. The Lord changes and link it in now with the fact that he has forgiven you and he's saying when you go into fast. So it's not if again, it's when. Because moreover, when you fast, so it's showing them that it's important to fast and what we're doing is what the Lord required of us, that certain things can only accomplish through prayer and fasting. And the Lord is saying, no, when we go into fast, don't let it be an outward thing. Let it be something of the heart. Don't let it be something where others will see you and you look so down and your countenance is so down that somebody would have to come over to you and say, are you okay? Are you okay? God is saying this morning, fasting is a pleasure. It's a blessing. It's something that we should love to do because that's when we get breakthrough. We should have pleasure doing it. Fasting and coming to the mercy seat where heaven's abundance can just pour out upon us, where we have access to the throne room of God because we are fasting. Remember, I share the testimony that happened a few years at one of our churches in Toronto, where we were praying for a demon-possessed um, woman. And while we are praying for the woman, the demon says, we're not coming out. Because we have witnessed. The demon said, we're not coming out because you are not fasting. And we only come out through prayer and fasting. If the devil knows that, what about us? What about us to know that, that prayer unlock the storehouse? Prayer and fasting move the hand of God. Why not do it? Why not do it right? Why not do it with a, a heart ready to let go, a heart ready to forgive? Why do prayer and fasting and have a heavy heart? Why not just let it go now? It's only day three. Why not let it go? It's not about, um, it's not about how long you fast. Because some people fast for 30 days and say, wow, yeah, I fast for 30 days. You can fast for one day and have the same answer, the same breakthrough. Because it's a heart problem. It's a heart issue. It's what do you do? What goes on within? The Lord makes it clear. It's not your countenance outside where you... You, 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 everybody see that you're, you're, you're in sackcloth. Everybody can say, wow, 
man, you're fasting so long. You're so good. No. The Lord is saying here, don't be like the hypocrite. Don't do the fast because of the external. And then it says, as a matter of fact, the Lord says, wash your face, anoint your head. On the outside, allow it to look like business as usual. You're doing a hard thing. You're connecting to the heart with Christ. You are doing a deeper search. In this fast, you're doing a deeper search. You're connecting with the Lord, and you have to just let go. You see, it's, it's the, the heart problem he talks about. Unforgiveness is the heart problem, too. Letting go so that the blessings can come. And here, it's a heart problem. Don't allow yourself to be seen like the Pharisees that pray big prayers with words that people cannot understand and praying the scriptures so powerful that, that everybody has to say, wow, you're so good. I want to be like you. You know what I mean? God is saying to you this morning, I want to help you. Just let go and let me come in. So therefore, he says the countenance is important. And verse 17, verse 17, hear what he says. For thou, when thou fastest, anoint thy head and wash thy face. Therefore, the Lord is saying, it's a heart problem. Come fresh before me. Don't allow people to look on you and even know you're fasting. You don't have to tell everybody. It's between you and your God. Sometimes you have to tell somebody as a witness so that they may ask you why you're fasting. You know what I mean? Sometimes you have to tell, but don't let the emphasis be, I'm fasting. And the last verse is, that thou appear not unto men to fast, but unto the Father which is in secret. And thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward you openly. That's big. That reminds me of Matthew... And in the Lord's prayer, no, earlier on in the same chapter, in the earlier verses, when he talks about going into your closet and pray, and he will reward you openly. It's the same thing. The Lord is saying, if you make this something secretive between me and you, self will be slaughtered. Because it's not about, I'm fasting, look what I'm doing. It's about connecting with God in secret. It's about the heart thing. It's an inward thing. It's something within so that it can come without. So this morning, I just want to encourage you that we need to take this scripture seriously. We need to go this morning, even while we pray with each other, and you connect with somebody to pray during this fast. Just look at chapter 6, Matthew chapter 6. Go through it and see what the Lord requires of, of us as we come to pray. So, so he can answer. So it's more effective. You know, how to let go and let Christ come in. It's not about us. It's not about man. It's not about going to Christ. It's about you and God connecting from the heart, from the root, from deep within. 
that you are in your workplace and you're working away and nobody knows that you're connecting, you're talking with God. You're talking with God. You know, in closing, it, it reminds me of David Gates. You know, David Gates have a, a, a testimony, if you ever listen to it, when he he, 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 he bought the, the building in, in, I think it's Boliv- Bolivia. Um, he bought this television station and the television station was like 1.5 million dollars and he went to look at it and the Lord told him to put an offering and he have no money so he's like where am I going to get the money Lord and the Lord says go ahead put the offering so therefore he had a connection with God he could hear the voice of the Lord speaking to him so he went and he put an offering, and the person, the agent asked him, why don't you put the offering lower? You're putting in for the same amount. And the, because the Lord told him to, the Lord says, I'm not poor. You don't have to bargain with nobody and go to 1.2 when I own everything. Go 1.5. So anyway, when he had the meeting with the real estate agent, with the, the, the owner, he went and he had no money. And the Lord says, go still. He went there. And when they asked him for his check and where's your money? He said, give me a minute here. He went into the bathroom and prayed. and said, God, what am I going to do? He went in secret with God. What am I going to And the Lord says, go tell them you don't have it. That's embarrassing. Put an offering. And then you to go and say, I have no money. You see, God was testing his obedience, his, you know, commitment to him. In this fast, our commitment is going to be tested. You know, probably you may have destruction in the home. Your child may come up against you. Your husband, your wife might just come up against you. Perhaps it's going to be in the workplace where the test is going to come from. So, he told them that, and they said, okay, we'll give you one more week to come up with a check. The week come along again. You know, I don't know if I'm saying it in secret, but the week come along, you'll get the gist. He went back, the same procedure. The Lord sent him again and said, go back again. Go tell him you have no money. It happened like three times, and they were getting fed up. But God was testing him. God was working on him. Forget about the heathen. You know what I mean? Remember the sermon I did last time, Revelation 11, where the Lord measured the sanctuary, the temple of God first, and said, leave the outer court. The Lord was testing him. Forget about the people who were selling it. They're easy. He kept them at bay. Judgment starts first in the house of the Lord. God wants to build us up. Us. They gave him the final notice, and in the meantime, a Catholic church came in with the cash money, wants to buy. The test is always on. And some of us who follow the story knew that he went back to America and how somebody sold all their, you know, he sold all his, his, uh, 
you know, all his uh, bonds and savings, and he put everything together. And he was at the airport when somebody called him and had the loss, um, um, 99000 or something like that. You can go back and watch it. But anyway, he went and he got a television station. He owns it now. And he owns probably over 30 planes now. He's a flying evangelist. You know, you can go look it up. Some of us know the story. The thing is, he started with nothing. His only faith. But he went into prayer in secret, in the bathroom, and the Lord told him what to do. He did not stop them in that meeting and say, hold on, I'm going to pray right now. He did not make it public. He went in secret. Brethren, let us really think about this chapter. Go and read it. It's very powerful. Because if we let go in forgiveness, breakthrough will come. If you are carrying animosity and having a little uncomfortableness about us with our families and somebody who hurt you, but you're coming into prayer, you better go get it right. If you don't get it right, the breakthrough will not come. May God bless you. I know we're a little bit long this morning, but I think it's very important that we do this because God wants this message to go out, to know that if we don't come with the right heart, we are doing it in vain. And a lot of God's people fast for 21 days, and we are doing it in vain. When right in your house, you're keeping animosity. Right in your house, you're holding back because somebody hurt you, but you're praying every morning. We're not going anywhere. May God bless you and keep you. And may his face shine upon you as we meditate upon this word. Thanks for listening to the Bun to Christ Ministries podcast. We hope that you were blessed. Feel free to visit our website at buntochrist.com for more content and information. Also, feel free to contact us at buntochrist70 at gmail.com with your prayer requests or any questions you may have. May God richly bless you, and we'll see you next time.